0: Today, we've got Joe Fellini on the podcast. Uh, he's very popular on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, he took a trip recently to Ireland. Uh, he tells us all about that. He tells us all about the uh, trip he's planning for Scotland uh, and some of the trips he's taken here in the States as well. Uh, thank you so much and uh, enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Travel Worldly Podcast. Today, we have Joe Fellini. He is a uh, golf specialist. Um, kind of popular on Twitter and Instagram, right? Um, yeah. Have some followers. Loves links golf. So we're going to dive into everything about uh, his life, his trips, uh, and some of the stuff over in the British Isles. Joe, thank you for being on with us.
1: Oh no problem! Great, I'm really excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Uh, I like that we both have some flags in our our, our background. That's absolutely yellow. It's, it's great. It's a great start to our uh, our podcast today. For sure, I got uh, that's actually signed by Mickelson. Oh, well, we're going to get into <laughs> that later, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, All right. for sure. All right. Um so, let's go ahead and start off with, you know, your your social media pages and, you know, how you began uh promoting your golf and how you kind of got uh, some followers through social social media.
1: Well, a lot of it was just me being on Twitter and and I focused only on golf. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I started, I, I'm pretty sure in my bio, I said, I did not come here for politics. <laughs> uh, so stay yeah. away from that. And really just the only people I follow were golfers for the most part um, yeah. and golf fans. And um, it just kind of grew from there because I, I started talking about some of the trips I was on. I used to post a lot of pictures. Uh, you know, my, my buddy and I, I think we've been on probably ten golf trips together. Yeah. So I just kept piling pictures on there and people started to, you know, one person would see it and then their friends would see it and their friends would start following. But the big explosion was September when I went to Ireland and just kept posting picture after picture and video after video. And yeah, I think the folks who uh, are in the States who had never been to Ireland before really enjoyed that part
0: of uh, the trip. Yeah. And we'll we'll get into that trip uh, a little later. Um, So
1: how did golf begin for you? Honestly, I was just um, a guy who in high school, my buddies and I, the town I lived in, Norwood, Massachusetts, had a um, driving range. And we just used to go there and pound balls just to see who could hit them the furthest yeah. and try to hit them over the net and stuff like that. Never took the game seriously. Um, so for a few years, it was really just being at the driving range, having fun, hitting balls. And then uh, I said, you know, I should, maybe I should learn how to play this game because once you're out of school, you're not playing any you know, team sports or anything. So yeah. uh, just started playing. I took a couple of lessons, not too many. My, my swing at the time was really self-taught and it was an awful swing, but um, you know, some guys can make it work. So yeah. uh, did that for a long time. I got to the point where I was okay and started going to the, uh, I think that, I don't know what they call it now. The, it's the world Am down in Myrtle beach, mm-hmm. but back then it used to be called the DuPont world amateur. Yeah. And a huge tournament. I mean, they use every course in Myrtle Beach, and they have like a thousand people come to play in this tournament. Yeah. And uh, you play four different courses, four different days. And um, that's when I really started to get serious about playing golf.
0: Sweet, sweet. Um, and golf is very addicting. Uh, it kind of consumes <laughs> your life once you get started. Uh, and then everything you do after, um, obviously, you're, you're playing sports in high school. You, I played football and baseball. Uh, now that I'm done with football, it is just everything golf. And it's it's going to get bad because I don't have anything else to, to waste my time on. I got a new job, a company, and golf. That's it. <laughs> well, I have my wife to keep me in line a little bit, so that kind of works out well. I do. Yeah, I got my wife. I, I actually told her, I said, last weekend, I didn't play one round of golf. And this week I'm playing two rounds. So I kind of took my round from last week and I'm, I'm carrying over.
1: Right. Right. Well, my wife yeah. and I have been married. Well, we've been together for about 13 years, married for eight. And um, early on, I started doing the buddy trips. So she kind of knew that that was an annual thing. So mm-hmm. uh, that oh, yeah. kind of helped out a lot. It was, it was kind of already in the rotation of things to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Uh, well, with. You know, the new company, Royal Links Golf Tours. Uh, Jeff is my partner and my father-in-law. So my wife obviously is his daughter. So she understands that I'm going to have to go on trips. I just, I have to. And, you know, she just, you know, it's the business. She has to understand.
1: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, the company I work for, um, when I had a different role, used to send me to Italy for five weeks every year. Um, So not a bad thing. Not a bad thing.
0: Well, you know, uh, we're announcing an Italy trip soon, a couples Italy trip. Uh, We're going to play a Marco Simone golf course in 2022, where they're going to be playing the uh, the Ryder Cup venue. So um, we are going to be uh, we're planning that with a uh, Italy uh, tour operator and uh, kind of like a joint trip. And we're going to be announcing that within the next couple of months. So it's a really Good, exciting yeah. trip. We're going to have like four rounds, nine days, Tuscany, uh, Rome. It's you know, it's going to be really fun. So we got a spot for you and your wife. Oh boy,
1: ready. that I'd have to talk to her about. <laughs> <laughs> she, I don't think she'd be too upset about going. To no, Italy it's just a matter nothing. of what we already have going for next year. We we travel a lot with my in laws and. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because you know, they're getting older and we want to make sure they see as much of the world as they can. So, but I'll definitely yeah. let you know. Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. I'm just messing with you. So, <laughs> all
1: right, let's get to that flag behind you,
0: uh, signed by Mickelson. And uh, back in June, you had a, a pretty cool experience with uh, Twitter and him retweeting one of your tweets. You want to talk a little bit
1: about that? Yeah, well, he actually responded, which was oh, was, right. was just the weirdest thing. Um, someone I follow, I think it's the Caddy Network. Um they had asked, posed the question, the U.S. Open at Tory Pines will be blank. And being a huge Phil fan, the first thing I thought to write was, I wrote, the U.S. Open at Tory Pines will be, meh, unless Phil is in the hunt. And then the next day, underneath, Phil wrote, I feel the same.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, my gosh. I love yeah, that Phil totally wild. interacts with his fans so much. He's really a character and fun to be around. It's fun to be a fan of Phil. I'll, I'll say that.
1: Absolutely. And even better when he gets on social media, since he's been on social media, it's just yeah. a
0: whole new world to oh, follow. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you got to watch the Kappa One matches. Uh, when he, he was fun to watch with uh, Bryce Bryson.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to um the U S open next year is going to be right up the street here in Brookline, Massachusetts at the the country club. And okay. obviously after winning a Kiowa, he qualifies for everything. So um, hopefully Phil will be here in, let's see, nine months. That'd be great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, we know you have a love for links golf and the British Isles. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that
1: love uh, was created and, how you got started with uh, links golf. Sure. Well, you know, if if you look at the courses that are at the top of my list that I've played, even before I went to Ireland, um, it seems like the common theme is um, scenery layout, things like that. You know, Mm -hmm. when you stand on a tee, the view that you have like uh, to this day, my favorite course I've played is Kiowa and um, you know, you stand on that 14th tee and you're looking out and you can see, the rest of the back nine, you can see the ocean over on the right. And yeah. You know, then I started seeing pictures of courses in Ireland and I'm saying, geez, this is, you know, Keowah on steroids over there when you see the mounding and everything that they have at places like Bally Bunyan and Lahinch yeah. and Tralee. And you know, it, that's what got me excited about it was I said, wow, look at, just look at this. I can't imagine what it's going to be like to stand on this tee and be walking down these fairways that have, 40-foot hills on each side, and you're just self-contained like you're on the moon. Yeah. And uh, that's what got me excited, about, and that's why I decided to go to Ireland.
0: So uh, you recently got back from an Ireland trip, right? You want to talk a yeah. little bit about that? Yeah, we had a great
1: time. We really did. Um, you know, we uh, started off at Old Head, which um, yeah. and when I talk to people who have played it, the, the way that people talk about it is almost like the way people talk about Tobacco Road here. Um, and I've had a lot of people come up to you and say, what do you think? I've never played Tobacco Row. What do you think about it? And I always say to people, you'll either love it or hate it, but you got to play it. Okay. And that's kind of what people in Ireland feel about old head. They either love it or hate it. You know, they love the land, but they think that some people think the course is kind of pedestrian. I loved it. I mean, the views, like I said, I'm a scenery guy. So I thought the views of the course were unbelievable because it just sticks out on a peninsula by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was uh, down by Kinsale on the southern side of Ireland. And then we made our way up to the west coast um, and we played Tralee, which was Arnie's course, which was just spectacular. And then uh, Waterville, uh, Dukes, who are both on the Ring of Kerry. Yeah. And then we moved even further north. And that's when we finished the trip with Valley Bunyan and LaHinch. Yes. And um, just unbelievable golf courses and they all had their own little thing too you know that that made them different you can't look at ireland courses and ireland links courses and say oh they kind of all look the same because in pictures they might but when you get there they all have their own little thing that's really really makes them different from every other course
0: yeah i got you so when you were in ireland uh what kind of uh, activities did y'all do besides golf
1: um not too much <laughs> to be honest with you um we we went and we saw um the cliffs of moore which was cool okay yeah. um it, there's a thing over there that's called um having a crack and what that means is that you go to a pub and you sit and you chat with people and that's a big um social thing over there and it's great if you read tom Coyne's book about ireland it's in there a lot and um, we were lucky that the first night we were there, we went into a pub in Kinsale and we're just sitting at the bar. And all of a sudden this couple from, uh, uh, limerick that were on vacation, they were sitting next to us and you just start chatting about the United States and Ireland. And, Mm -hmm. and that's what, um, is a big thing over there. And then the other thing that was pretty cool was when we were in Killarney was when the government lifted the ban on live music. So, you know, with COVID and everything. So we went to a pub in Killarney and it was the first night they had live music. And let me tell you, that place was was popping, popping. Yeah. (laughs) So it was really, really, really a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, the the people over there are great. Everybody we dealt with, I thought was phenomenal. Um, whether it be the hotels, the golf courses, the pubs, the restaurants, just everybody I thought was really great. How much, uh, you know, on,
0: uh, on Twitter, how much, Do you have to dedicate to posting pictures and tweeting? Uh, How much do you uh, dedicate to that?
1: Well, you know, a lot of times it's just spur of the moment for me, really. I mean, you know, I'll be standing on a golf course and I'll take a picture. I'll I'll look at my camera on my phone and say, that came out pretty good. (laughs) You know, I'll just be on the next tee while the the other three guys are hitting their balls and I'll just pop it on real quick. Or sometimes um, I'll wait till the end of the day and just blast them all on there. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, it's a little easier on Instagram because I think you can put like 10 pictures at once, whereas Twitter, you can only put four. Yeah. Um, so that's why Twitter, I kind of piecemealed it along as I went along the course. And uh, people seemed to like it because they felt like they were there walking with me, which was kind of neat.
0: Yeah. So were these courses that you have never
1: played before? In Ireland? Yeah. Yeah, this was my this was our first, first trip to Ireland okay. ever. What yeah, was yeah. your biggest surprise uh, going uh, on as far as golf goes, it, it was a course called Duke's, which um, actually a friend of mine that I grew up with and went to high school with, he had been to Ireland and he said, you're not going to t- hear people talk about this course, but put it on the, just trust me and put it on the itinerary. Yeah. So we played it and it was just two things about it were very cool. Once, one was the people that were there were the best. I mean, um, The pro went out of his way to come and talk to us. The um, greenskeeper came out and bumped into us on the golf course. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he was so proud of some of the work that he did. So he stood there and he was telling us all these things that he did on the golf course, which was just really cool to get that insight. And um, the course I thought was really neat because some of them, you know, they meander through the hills and everything. They make their way along like a classic length course. But it was funny what the way I described the dukes to people was it looked like you had this big piece of land and someone just dropped fairways and greens from above just in spots. So it wasn't like it was carved out or anything like that. Like you'll see, uh, especially with us courses, but it just looked like they took the land that was there. They dropped fairways, they dropped greens and said, here it is. (laughs) So we really liked Dukes. We thought that was a neat experience.
0: So would you say that was your favorite course on the trip or was there a better course that you liked better?
1: Well, my favorite course on the trip was belly bunion and uh, we played the old course at belly bunion and it was just spectacular. Uh, And I'll I'll tell you a story. I was, we got there a day early and um, we checked into our hotel, which was literally right across the street. And then we were within three days. So that was the day we went to go get our COVID test to come home. So we ran to 10 minutes away and we were coming back. I said to my buddy, I said, you want to go to the pro shop, you know, grab a, grab a Guinness and, and I'll tell you, we went upstairs to the restaurant, which overlooks the golf course. You can see 18 one way and one the other way. And we went out on the patio and standing there. And I said to my, my buddy I was traveling with, I said, I said, do you remember that scene in Rudy when the dad walked into Notre Dame Stadium for, for the first time? And I think he said to his son, this is the most beautiful thing these old eyes have ever seen. Yeah. That's exactly what I felt like standing there. I said, this is just, the majesty of it. I mean, you know, with the yeah. with the big hills that you see and you, know, you look down the first hole and there's an old cemetery on the right side of the first hole and just and then playing it the next day was just spectacular. I mean, yeah. the way that it's laid out and everything is, is awesome.
0: I can only imagine. Um, so would you say that was your most memorable moment of the trip? Do you have a couple Um, others?
1: Well, yeah. Getting in a car on the other side and driving on the other side of the road for the first time was pretty memorable. Um, I'm scared for that. (laughs) Well, you know, we were lucky because uh, when you come out of the, we had to go to consale right from the Dublin airport. And we were lucky that it was highway. We got on a highway pretty fast. So I was driving. All I did was I just tucked myself over in the slow lane and said, (laughs) I'm going to learn how to drive this car over here in the slow lane. And, um, by the time we got to Consale, of course, we missed a couple of streets and stuff to find our hotel. But um, if you can, if you go over there, get an automatic because you do not want a manual because those roads, some of them are tight, man. Like, yeah. I'll never forget the road to go to Tralee. is about a car and a half wide. And you have to understand on both sides of almost every, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, both sides of almost every road in Ireland has burns, hills on both sides. So you really... Can't yeah. stray off the road too much. And then there's a little ditch. And the running joke was that people said to me before I went, because who's on the left side is on the outside of the road. Yeah. And people would always say, if there's a car coming at you, put your buddy in the ditch. So <laughs> the guy who's sitting with you, put him in the ditch because okay. you're going to move over to get around that car. So that was a, a pretty interesting experience. And I bought the insurance on the car, and didn't need it, which was awesome. <laughs> It's always um, bittersweet. Yeah, right. Um, but I was happy I had it. Let me tell you, because we did tick the rear, the yeah. side view mirror a couple of times. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, that was pretty memorable. Um, and the people are, are are what's the most memorable. I mean, just everybody that we talked to, they mm. went out of their way to help. And, you know, I know that it's a it's a um, tourist industry, and I get that. But still, the people at hotels, the people at, at golf courses, they just really went out of their way, and I thought it was great.
0: Yeah. That's one of the main things I've heard is uh, the relationships that you find with uh, whether it's members there or just people who live there in the town. Uh, Everybody's so welcoming uh, and the conversations spark a lot of interest with, you know, people coming over like tourists like you.
1: So they love it and they love us and they love our money, which is a good thing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, you know, and the funny thing is, is you have to be careful if you do something like rank courses or say you liked this one more than that one, because boy, I, I, I did not make Tralee my favorite golf course. And I caught some blowback for that. Let me tell you, oh, because there's people, well, you know, people loved it. And you know, to me, it's a really nice course. I, uh, the backside, I thought was maybe the best nine we played, but the front side was, was a little pedestrian to be honest. I mean, they're working on it and it's getting way better, but, I mean to compare it to Bally Bunyan you just can't to compare it to Lahinch yeah you just can't you can't I mean Lahinch was phenomenal too and that was our last day and cool. um, we had a lot of fun there too
0: So did you do some some rankings and stuff on Twitter and got some
1: back backlash <laughs> I did I
0: did <laughs> I
1: ranked I ranked the courses on the trip and uh, oh, no that was the one I, that's the one I got the blowback on was I, I ranked um, <clears throat> Trelee fourth on the list. Behind Ballybunion, Lahinch, and Waterville, which I thought was spectacular. And how about this? We were there in September in Ireland, and we caught yeah. an 80 degree day the play the day we played Waterville, and it was wow. it was awesome. Kinda let me like tell you, it, getting
0: getting above 80, getting right, above right,
1: 75, absolutely. Wow. A lot because the rest of the trip we were in the 60s, and yeah, maybe touched 70 a couple of times. So to hit yeah. it that day I mean, was that's okay, phenomenal. Yeah, oh, I, it was great after that. <laughs> and, you know, that was one thing I was going to say to you was, you know, the best advice I can give for people is pack for every weather possibility. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't have to bring it with you. I mean, if, if, you, if you're in a big group and you've got a driver in a van, you can leave stuff in the van if you know that day you're not going to use it. Mm-hmm. Or if you rent a car, you can leave it in the trunk if you know you're not going to use it. Um, everybody told me, don't even bother bringing your umbrella. So I didn't even put my umbrella on the bag. Because they said, you know, it's not going to help. Because if it's rainy, it's windy, and the and the umbrella would just get ruined anyway.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so, what other responses did you get from Twitter? Did you uh, get some people that you met there to follow you?
1: Uh, a, a few, but then I also met some people there who were actually following me. Oh, um, that's awesome! Yeah, it was neat. Like Dot, who was a caddy at. Uh, Bally Bunyan, he's a really cool guy. And I wish I could have had him as my, our caddy was great, but I wish I could have had Dot as our caddy. Yeah. Um, and he came over to us on the first tee. He said, Joe. And I said, yeah. And he said, wow. Hey, I'm Dot. And I I said, Oh my God, Dot, how you doing? And then I came, we came off the 18th green at, um, Hinch, and the same thing happened. The guy who runs their Twitter account was right there waiting. And we we're like, all right, <laughs> this is kind of interesting. That's awesome. And, uh, And I guess that's because, you know, that was a course where I was posting pictures as I went along. Yeah. So I'm guessing that, you know, he saw that I was posting pictures as I went for sure. Yeah. It was kind of neat. And then of course, there are some people over there um, that I did meet that I now connected with on Twitter, like our caddy at uh, Bally Bunyan. I've connected Mm -hmm. with him and he would go back and forth because he actually, he runs a um, Gaelic football league for little kids. So it's kind of neat to see because you don't, understand the sport over here. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, you know, it's a cross of like five different sports
0: yeah, not a lot of people even know that that
1: sport exists. <laughs> right. Right. It's like hurling. Same thing. You know, people <laughs> yeah. don't know that that exists either. And, um, someone said to me, if you ever come back, you've got to go walk, go see hurling. It's wild.
0: Yeah. I remember, uh, the first time I saw a water polo in the Olympics and I'm like <laughs> that people actually do that. That's, uh, so Maybe that's a, a different take, a, a wild take on my part. But, yeah, I didn't know. Um, have, you, have you been seeing the Hasbulla uh, the uh, little kid on social media? No. A little fighter, a Russian fighter? I've heard about it. I haven't
1: seen it yet. Yeah. So
0: uh, Dave Portnoy was on their podcast, and they, they announced that he is actually, like, 20 years old. No way! Twenty years old, I had no idea, and Dave had absolutely no idea. Like we all thought he was like, seven, like maybe five years old. Right? No, he is twenty. And oh um, my god, that's it's hysterical! Just, it's very, very surprising, and it, it makes more sense now because I was wondering how <laughs> this little kid is so fluent in you know his language and. Uh, so it, it makes you look a little look at it a little differently you might go check it out i definitely funny, will now definitely he's, will. he's a funny little or funny guy i, I shouldn't say yeah. a little so he's about almost as old as me <laughs> but um so on
1: this trip uh if anything would you change anything on the trip you know there's probably two things i would change one um may not self-drive again mm-hmm. um and that kind of ties into the second one, and you know, it, the really the best advice I can give people is um, shrink the radius of your trip. Yeah, when you're looking at a trip, don't try to go all yeah. over the country in one trip and run from, you know, Old Head on the southern coast all the way up to Donegal and Sligo and Sly going up that yeah. way, and uh, which is even further north than we went. And uh, I would say shrink your radius. Yeah, I mean, heck, you can go right in that little pod in Southwest around the ring of Kerry and you can play. Yeah. We didn't even, we didn't even get to play uh, Dunebeg, which is by Tralee and Valley Bunyan. We didn't get to play Hogshead, uh, Killarney, all those golf courses are right there. And you could make a hell of a trip just staying in that one spot. I yeah. know you could do that up North as well. You can go to Sligo and you can play Carn and Eneskrone and, and Sligo and you can go even further North. And that's when you get into, Gally Liffin and Rosapena and, uh, uh, what's the other great, there's another great course up there that I can't think of, but, you know, shrink your radius of your trip. Cause I think you'll enjoy it a lot more because we, it, and you know, everybody says that you spend a lot of time on the road when you're doing an Ireland golf trip. Yeah. And especially if you're trying to see all the best courses and play all the best courses, you know, just, you know, pick that spot, try to place it. You know, like I thought Kalani, when we stayed in Kalani was a great landing point. Cause you had all the courses on the ring of carry and then yeah. you had um, you had, we went to Tralee from there. So, um, you know, you can certainly put together a hell of a trip and not have to drive hundred, 150 miles every day.
0: Yeah. I had the uh, director of golf at Ross a couple of weeks ago on the podcast and uh, they just added a course. So they now have three courses there uh, and a couple courses nearby and they're, they're really uh, supporting the, you know, stay and play aspects that you can do in Scotland where you can, go to a hotel, stay the whole week and play seven courses within the radius of where you're right. staying. Uh, and that's what we, you know, we support that too, at least no more than two uh, places. So you can like maybe go to a place, play three or four courses, uh, go to another hotel, play three courses and it's a solid trip. But I, yeah, I right. definitely agree with you. Not, not wanting to drive, um, three or four hours a couple times in your trip is, uh, makes it less, uh, less, less fun, for sure.
1: Yeah, and we also want to make sure that, you know, hopefully at some point the Shannon Airport um, gets an agreement with Aer Lingus and starts flying in there again because um, we were supposed to fly in and out of Shannon, which okay. is on the West Coast, uh, you know, north of uh, Kerry in that area. And all of a sudden in July, we got an email from them saying, your flight's been canceled. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean we've been canceled? So I went online and I started you know, looking at the day before, the day after, the two days before, two days, after, everything was canceled. And I said, this isn't right. So they said, well, you'll get an email. We'll be in touch with you. And working in the travel agency, as long as I have, I said, no, no. I got on the phone right away. I called Aer Lingus. I was on the hold on hold for an hour. And they finally picked up. I said, what's going on? They said, you know, our agreement with Shannon is over. I said, okay, so what's our option? They said, fly to Dublin. That's your only option. So I said, well, okay, wow. let's get those flights done as fast as we can. So mm-hmm. luckily, we were able to, to book our flights for the same days. Uh, it just added to the drive time. That was all because we, yeah. we spent most of our time on the west coast of the country.
0: How's the drive when, you, when you're driving down? Is it near the coast or is it just
1: farmlands? Um, course to course is a lot of farmland. Uh, but, you know, when you leave Dublin and you go to Kinsale or you're coming back from Lahinch to go to Dublin to the airport, there's highways that you can get on, which is great. Yeah. But, yeah, it, there's a lot of small roads, like I said earlier. This, <laughs> it's interesting. And I couldn't imagine. And they're hilly, too. So that's why when I said you probably don't want a manual a over driver. there, you're going to be. Yeah. And I told somebody, they said, what was it like driving over there? I said it was like playing Mario Kart. It was just. <laughs> You, the steering wheel's going back and forth. And, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine trying to shift. Oh, by the way, with my left hand oh, shifting. Oh, my. Yeah, so I wouldn't have liked that at all.
0: No, thank you. Yeah, we have <laughs> we have a partner uh, in Ireland, Carry Coaches, and they have uh, tons of cars, different cars, buses, uh, even charter nice. buses. So we definitely recommend getting getting a driver.
1: Um, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so for, for people – who are on the fence uh, thinking about taking a trip, you know, we're always uh, are wanting to get into Lynx golf and take their first trip to Scotland or Ireland. What was the one thing that really brought you to the realization that I'm going to do this, I'm going to book this.
1: Um, well, part of it was the Lynx experience. Uh, you know, you'll you you, you, you you'll never see anything like that over here. I mean, there's courses that try to be Lynx courses over here, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, Kia was awesome as kind of a links course, um, but, you know, you'll never have that experience over here. And the other thing is, is the history. I mean, you look at places like uh, belly Bunyan, Tralee's not that old, but um, especially La I mean, you stand there and you say, okay, so old Tom Morris designed this course and then it was updated by Alistair McKenzie.
0: Yeah.
1: And if you're an architect person, you're saying, wait a no. minute, come on. No. I'm walking on a course that those two actually worked on. And, you know, it blows my mind. That's like when you were just talking about Russell Pena, they have a, they have a course up there called the old Tom Morris course Yeah, that That's he came over one. from Scotland and designed, designed that one too. So if you're a history person and you love golf architecture, I think Ireland's just a spectacular place to go to, it's
0: Filled with. Uh, Amazing yeah process.
1: you go to you go to lahinch and you play there's a there's a hole i think it's the fifth hole in lahinch is called the dell and it's a par three about 150 55 yards but you have to hit over a 30 foot high hill so you don't see the green at all what they do is they have a big white rock yeah and they put it on the hill where the pin is behind it so you know the pin is behind the white rock and you're just hitting to a completely blind green and it was just a cool experience and you don't see a lot of that here you see a little bit of stuff like that. Say it, um, I know there's a hole on the back nine at, uh, tobacco road, that's like that, yep. which pretty much a blind shot into the green, but yeah, you know, things like that are just so cool. Cause they're different. Mm-hmm.
0: So the next Island trip, what what are the, a couple of main courses that you're, you're going to want to play?
1: I think I definitely go North, um, to the Northwest. Cause that just seems to be the area that's blowing up. Um, yeah. you know, I'd look at, um, yeah, that county Sligo area. So you'd have the County Sligo course. You'd have Carn, um, mm-hmm. Strandhill, and a looks unbelievable. Yeah. And then I would just go further north up to uh Rosapena. Um I got three good courses uh, there. So got Patrick's, three courses there. Hills, yeah. Old and they Farmers. say St. Patrick's is coming the new one's coming oh, in yeah. really nice. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm excited for that.
0: that.
1: Yeah, and then uh Narn and Port New, which is between Sligo and uh Rossapena is a really nice Gil Hands course. Mm-hmm. that he did. Um, so I, I think that would be, that one's got great views. I'd look to go next. Yeah. That one's
0: got really great views. If I remember correctly, um, the pictures that I've, I've uh, posted with, um, I I'm so excited to, I'm doing my first Ireland trip next, next year as well. So, awesome. uh, uh, super excited to get my first links experience in. um, you're, you're getting me excited for sure. Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> um, so, uh, you are taking your next trip and it's going to be in Scotland this time. So uh, tell us a little bit about um, that plan and
1: a couple of courses
0: that you're going to play.
1: Yeah. That's the next big trip. So that's why, um, you know, everybody's going to let their wallet recuperate after Ireland for a year. And um, you know, we're going to look at doing something small here in the States next year, most likely, uh, unless, you know, something comes out of the blue. And then um, 2023 I've already got seven guys in a snap that said they would go. And um, so we're already uh, working on building that trip and it looks like it would be um, two parts of the country. So it's start in St. Andrews. We play St. Andrews, old St. Andrews, new um, Kings barns. And then a friend of mine who lives in Scotland said, if you're in that area, you've got to play Dumbarney, which is a newer course.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And,
1: yeah. And he just raved about it. He said, y- y- you just got to play it. <laughs> so, um, you know, me being the ringleader, I kind of went back and forth on, hell there's enough courses that we could just stay in St. Andrews and keep playing. You know, we could play Carnoustie, we could play Muirfield, all that. And I said, you know, if if we're going to Scotland and we may only go over for one time, let's go see another part of the country. So I think we'll do those courses, those four courses in Scotland, er- uh, St. Andrews area. And then I think we'll go over to the West coast and play um, Prestwick just because of the history. Yeah. Um, Royal Troon and then Turnberry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you want more information on
0: Dunbarney, Jeff, uh, got to play it and he, uh, awesome. Yeah. He played it a couple months ago. He was one of the first Americans. Uh, and he said that it was amazing and breathtaking. So, uh, just yeah. another reason for you to put it on the list. Absolutely.
1: So. Yeah. And it's nice because you know, the, the, other seven, the other six guys on the trip basically said, just build it, let us know how much it is and when we're going and we'll go from there. Nice. Um, uh, so it works out well that I kind of have a little bit of freedom in building the trip. And you know, because when I go to them and I say Dumbarney, they're gonna say, What the heck is Dumbarney?
0: But uh yeah, nobody knows really.
1: Yeah, but having having a friend who lives in Scotland who's a, a PGA pro over there who said, You gotta play this course. So that's why I put yeah. it on the list.
0: What uh what PGA pro what course is he at? Uh,
1: I don't think he is anymore. He was okay. um in the past. His name's Sean Bissett and really nice guy. We actually got to um hook up with him Uh, in 2019, our trip was to Scottsdale and uh, he happened to be in Arizona at the time. And um, he, and I said, Hey, you want to play with us? Let me know. Here's the courses we're playing. Here's the days. So he was actually free the day that we played Wickenburg ranch out there. And What a great course, a hidden gem. Let me tell you, it's so the problem is it's so far away from Scottsdale. I think it's like an hour drive, but boy, what a golf course.
0: Yeah. So y'all have a, an idea of taking a break from British Isles for one year and doing a, a trip here. What do y'all, y'all have something in the works?
1: Uh, we got a couple of ideas. Um, you know, obviously Wisconsin has, has always been on the list and we just keep seeming to push it out and push it out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'd love to get to Sand Valley and Mammoth Dunes and Lisonia, um, uh Century World, and then head over to Kohler, obviously, and play the big boys over in Cola. Um, another trip that we're doing, we might do, which is kind of a sleeper was to do a road trip, um, to upstate New York and make some stops on the way, you know, some stops back, um, yeah. you know, and play, um, there's a, a, there's a course in Western Massachusetts that we keep saying, we're going to play and we're going to play. And we never had, it's called named Taconic, which is a, a very old course that Williams University uses Williams college uses as their home course. And then we thought we'd go out to turning stone to the casino Um, I had been out there once and I played one of the courses there, but they have two more. So we thought we'd go out there for a couple of days and then, um, stop in Cooperstown on the way home. And, uh, there's a great course in Cooperstown called Leatherstocking, which is in the top five publics in New York and, um, play there and then come back. And that would be the end of the New York trip. Where Um, where are you living right now? Uh, just down by Foxborough outside of Boston. Not too far. I'm I'm about, it wouldn't be not too bad of a trip up there. Would it? No, five hours to get to Turning stone. Not bad at all. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, everybody would want to see the Baseball Hall of Fame while we're in Cooperstown. So bang that out as well. And, you know, that's what I try to do. I try to incorporate something like that into the trip. You know, when we were in Scottsdale, the day we got there, um, Arizona State was playing Southern Cal in football. So I got us tickets for that. And we went to that game. And that was pretty cool. And, you know, it's kind of neat to add something to the trip that's kind of different rather than just you know, you got your head down and you're going constantly. That's why I said, if we went back to Ireland, I'd certainly try to find a hurling match
0: and go see what that's
1: all about. That would be fun. You know, or Gaelic football, one or the other, whatever's in season when we go.
0: Maybe Um, some soccer or football
1: over there. Right, right. You know, but from what guys tell me that are over there, it's not, you know, it's not like they have a Premier League like they have in the UK Um, or, you know, Syria.
0: Maybe. Uh, And if you're if you maybe take a trip to England, uh, there's definitely some good, good teams down there. Absolutely. Absolutely. That Premier League in
1: England is unbelievable.
0: Yeah. So, um, well, uh, Joe, what's your favorite post round beverage? You're in Ireland.
1: You go to a pub. Well, if you're in Ireland, it's got to be a Guinness. I mean, yeah. in the end, you have to go and get a Guinness and it's people will look way. at you. Yeah, people will <laughs> look at you funny. And I'll tell you a funny story, Hayden. I had never had a Guinness in my life. And um, my, my buddy that I was going to Ireland with about two weeks before the trip, we met up um, at a restaurant we go to all the time here in Massachusetts. And um, I saw they had it. We was sitting at the bar and I saw they had it. And I, I know the bartender. And I said to her, I said, can you give me just like a shot glass of, of Guinness. I got to see what this tastes like because when you see them pour it, it looks like it's oh, molasses coming out. And yeah. I'm saying, it's like I am oil. Not, yeah. And I'm saying, <laughs> I am not going to like this. And then I tried it and I was like, this is, this is good. This is good. So um, I pretty much had um, Guinness the whole time I was there. My buddy, I went with, um, he mixed it up a couple of times and he had uh, Jameson and ginger a couple of times. Um, so but yeah, that was pretty much it. And, you know, and it's funny, too, because if you go into the restaurant or the bar at any golf course in Ireland, after you play your round, every American's got a Guinness in front of them. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like, that's what you do. Yeah. When in Rome type thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. The next time you fly into Dublin, they have the, uh,
0: the um, uh, brewery there. For for Guinness distillery, yeah,
1: the factory, yeah, yeah. My 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 stepdaughter actually went there when she was um she had a long layover in Dublin coming home, and she went there and she and she's not even a beer drinker and she uh, I
0: heard it's pretty she said cool.
1: it was pretty cool, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They have like a uh, a little rooftop bar where it overlooks the city and stuff. So no kidding, we'll definitely be hitting that up um, next yeah. time we go. Uh, and so, you know that's
1: another that's another part of the country to look at too, man. When yeah. you're talking about golf, oh Boy, yeah, that for sure. you, you could just stay in Dublin and you could bang out, you know the Island club and European and Port Port Marnock Mm. and man, you'd never have to leave Dublin and then you'd have ridiculous nightlife if you were staying in Dublin.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Go out, party every night, play golf. Of course I can do that now. No, (laughs) I can't anymore. (laughs) I'm 26 and I can't do that. So uh, college days are over for sure. Yeah. Um, so you're a Tom Brady
1: fan. Is he friend or foe? Um, I cheer for the front of the Jersey, as they say. (laughs) So, you know, I'm a Patriots fan first and I I was not heartbroken that Tampa lost their last two games. Um, And and not, and not solely because he's there. I've just never been a fan of building all-star teams and just trying to win, you know, by, by bringing in a bunch of stars. I mean, if you can do it like they did last year, more, more power to you, but I've always been a fan of the,
0: you know, teams like the
1: Tampa Bay Rays, who would come out of nowhere and all of a sudden wind up in the World Series, well, like and like the Patriots have been the past fifteen years. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, and then he and then he finally went out this this year, Belichick, and broke the bank with the free agents, and you know, some oh, of yeah. them are working out pretty well. I mean, Hunter Henry, I think, is playing unbelievable, yeah. and uh, Matthew Judon, they got from Baltimore, the the edge rusher is <laughs> he's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. I love. I mean, I love the quarterback um, at at uh, New England right now. I was Mac pretty, Jones. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I was an Alabama fan growing up, so I always kind of keep up with them. And I think Mac has, you know, one of the most accurate arms there is, um, and he he could be really special one day. So we'll and see. he's in
1: the right system too. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. You know, there's a lot of talk up here on Boston Sports Radio. Yeah. You know, how would one of the four that pick before him fare if they fell to the Patriots and how would he fare if he was the quarterback in say Jacksonville or Chicago right now? And everybody said, there's no way he'd be as good as he is right now. If he was in Jacksonville, Chicago, yeah. the jets, you know, he, yeah. it was the perfect player for the perfect system.
0: You yeah. Know? So uh, what about baseball? Are you, are you a red
1: Sox? I'm a red Sox fan, but um, in a previous life, I actually worked for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, back in the mid two thousands, you know, including the year we went to the world series. And um, so it it was funny when I moved back home, I, uh, my friends who, you know, I'd stayed in contact with and I got together when I moved back here. um, If the Rays were playing the Red Sox, I'd be cheering for the Red Sox. I'd be for the Rays. And they would say to me, how can you cheer for the Rays and not the Red Sox? I said, you know what? The Red Sox never wrote me one paycheck.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I love my Red Sox, you know, 2004, I'll never forget it. Um, I was in, living in Orlando at the time, and I was at a at a Boston sports bar. And uh, when they made the last out, I literally just sat in my chair for about 30 seconds and just couldn't say anything, couldn't do anything. I was just in a state of shock for about 30 seconds that they actually won. So what happened with the
0: the World Series this year with them playing Houston? Uh, I didn't really keep up with that. I'm a, I'm a Braves fan myself, so – um, ended up well for us, but,
1: uh, did you get to watch much of the games? I did. I did. You know, And I, I just think the Red Sox seem to, um, well, first of all, I, I don't think they had the, they had the rotation to win. You know, once you, um, you know, Eddie Rodriguez who just signed with Detroit, I think very hit or miss, um, you know, yeah. he can, he can throw a gem like he did against Houston and then he can get laid out in his next start. Um, yeah, but Chris Sale wasn't Healthy, I don't think at all He t- tried to gut it out, so you really had Evaldi yeah. and everybody else um, So I think the other, They were like, yeah, I'm, I'm an older guy And I remember the Red Sox of the 70s And the way that they tried to win this year Or were forced to try to win Was the way those teams tried to win Which was just, let's try to o- o- Let's try to out-home run people yeah. And win, you know, back in the 70s When they had Jim Rice and Tony Armis And Collier Stremski and Colton Fisk that's all they did they just tried to hit more home runs of the other team and hope that they could do it
0: yeah it was a struggle for almost all the teams leading up to the world series with starting pitchers because yeah. in the world series I think there was a total of like two each team of starters right. and then the rest of the games were picking like picking relievers together and trying to get two or three innings out of some guys and it was uh, it was an interesting World Series for sure. We only had our starter our starter Morton got hurt the first game. So right uh, he was done for, like first inning. Um right. so uh, it was it was definitely an interesting World Series, but I like when you said that you can't out-home run a team because that's exactly
1: what the Braves did. <laughs> right. Right. That's where we were hitting like three But you have to have some pitching too and you guys had some pitching. Yeah, With our our leaders really did come in yeah. come in uh clutch. So and speaking of the Braves, by the way, the, the bartender I told you about earlier with the yeah. Guinness, her yeah. s- her son is Sean Newsom. Oh pitches yeah, who's been up and down with the Braves. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's random and really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah.
1: Well, you don't we don't get a ton of baseball players that come out of Massachusetts. Obviously, yeah. you know, we get we get our fair share of guys in the NHL and a few mm. linemen in the NFL, but you know, B C will pop out a couple of guys every once in a while. But for the most gotcha. part, yeah, we don't get a ton of baseball players that make it out of here.
0: All right, well, Joe, uh, it's been a great, great time talking with you. Uh, I loved all your stories of Ireland. I hope you have a great time in Scotland. Uh, I appreciate you being on with us.
1: No problem. I had a ton of fun, and I will tell everybody out there: go to Ireland
0: and use Royal Links Golf Tours.
1: There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we're
1: we'll, we'll right. waiting for the tweet. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And, uh, you well, know, and you said next, obviously we're talking about it now, but next Wednesday morning, it comes out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wednesday All morning, right. 5 a.m. Uh, right. And it, it's
0: every week it comes out at 5 a.m. We'll, we'll post right, it out.
1: And, uh, great. And send me a ready. link as well, and I'll make sure
0: I blast it out. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Travel Worldly Podcast. It was a blast talking with Joe Fellini about his trip to Ireland and his future trip to Scotland. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please hit the like, subscribe and follow button and uh, share this video. Um, I really appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, Every Wednesday morning we have a new guest. I hope to see you next week.
1: Thank you.